This is the Evolution Exchange podcast, a channel that connects some of the most successful technical leaders in the Nordics region. I'm Andy. I help connect businesses with the best UX and UI freelance talent. And today I'm your host. We've got a great topic lined up today, which is going to be talking about what are the main differences between development in the gaming industry compared to other industries. So really interesting topic and we've got some great guests lined up and as always some great questions as well from everybody. But first, let's introduce our guest. So uh, we've got Santiago, who's an art lead at Wargaming, Carolina, who's a narrative designer and communications manager at Quicksave Interactive, and Nico, who's an ex- ex- executive producer at Python Games. Um, yeah. <laughs> but before we go into our questions, let's start off with some introductions. So Carolina, please, can you kick us off with your introduction? Yes, thank you. So my name is Carolina Kuti. I'm, like you said, a narrative designer and communication manager at QuickSave Interactive. It's a Helsinki-based game company, and we just released our second Web3 game, and that's currently the path we're on as a company. Uh, My educational background is in film and TV, but during my third year of studies, I focused on my remaining studies on game production, but the... At the beginning of my studies, I participated in numerous film and TV projects, such as short films, documentaries, TV ads. So I'd say I got the cleans of both artistic and technical industry. Perfect. Thank you very much, Carolina. Let's come to Santiago. Hey, everyone. I'm Santiago Busquets. I am lead artist for Amy, as you said. I'm currently working for the Warship Splits. I put up almost a decade in the advertisement industry as an art director, uh, an extensive work in the automobile and entertainment industry, but then moving to Germany, I swapped to the gaming industry, and here I am. Perfect. Thank you very much. And lastly, Nico. Hello, everyone. My name is Nico Pyrhonen. I'm executive producer at Cyan Games. Uh, we do games with uh, farm and healthcare industry. And um, my story is that uh, I used to have, um, like during my studies, I already uh, had uh, multiple teams that uh, we made, made games and uh, I was uh, more like in the business and production side then. And then I um, did my thesis research about like Finnish uh, game companies and their product management. And uh, then ended up to try and games and um, been there um, it's like comes four years now. And um, yeah, or games, uh, for example, Antidote COVID-19, we made that with uh, WHO, Gavi and UNICEF, like global health organizations, world's first and one and only COVID-19 game. And then, um, with Takeda, we have made full ADHD, which is like ADHD awareness game. And uh, it's piloted Finland, and now we are scaling it to you and Canada for uh, like the first steps. And um, also, I'm IGDA active. I have been running IGDA Uvascula uh, for a few years, and then now moved to Helsinki last year, and now, now running, uh, like working at IGDA board at Finland and helping our 14 different hubs around Finland to uh, keep up amazing game game community that we have here. Amazing. Thank you very much, Nico, and thank you, uh, Carolina and Santiago. So let's uh, let's jump into it. So the first question today is going to come from Carolina. Please, can you kick us off then? Yes, my question was, what would, you, what would be the most significant learning that the game industry could teach to other industries? 
And why I chose this question is that I often get questions from my friends and family about housework and what I've been doing lately. And after that, we often get talking about differences between the game industry and other industries. And I end up telling them about how unified the Finnish game industry is, like always willing to help each other and other companies, even though it's a competitive field. Uh, there's always someone you can turn to and say, hey, we're battling with this issue issue how how they choose all this so that's something that I always end up telling to my friends that other industries could learn from it so I'd be interested to know what thoughts you might have on this question I definitely question agree with this like it's it's so so cool that we we have such a like um helpful community here at Finland and uh people are willing to help each other. And I think it's one of the like biggest strengths in Finland, like uh, regarding Finnish game industry, like that we share the knowledge. And that's actually the reason that, or one of the reasons that we we are so good to make games yeah, at Finland. Okay. Yeah. And um, I think like it's hard to compete again against global markets and big corporations. So I think that's that's exactly what we need to do to be able to compete. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I think like coming from, from the ad industry in, Like as a gamer, when I moved into the gaming industry, and, and I was so overwhelmed by how passionate the people are, and and that is like one of the big differences that that I that I see when I compare both industries. You know, like how many how many you know how many offices now are like taking you know teenagers to show them around because they wish to be game developers or game artists in the future. And like if this is this is this is the product of the passion of the people in the industry, you know. And and if the industry can do that, can be inspiring for other people, then then means we're doing something right. How is the like game community there, like uh, where you live here in, in, in Berlin or back yeah. in Brazil? Uh, both actually. Uh, well, um, I haven't been. Was, I'm out of Brazil for four years. But the, the the development industry is pretty different. Uh, like uh, you might have like smaller studios, indie studios. You have like art providers nowadays are more common. And, but it's very, it's pretty uncomparable uh, to to what we have here in Europe or, or even in, in in the U.S. And and here okay. in, in Berlin, I, I I think I don't think we have the privilege of that you guys have there <laughs> to have like <laughs> such a you know community which is trained on. Of course, this is small markets, right? Yeah. And we're always like exchanging, you know, people come back and forth, and and uh, you always see the same people here and there. Uh, but I wouldn't say that is as collaborative as it is uh, over there. Santiago, on the on the question then uh, of Carolina's question is what would be the most significant learning uh, that the games industry could teach other industries? What sure. would your opinion be on that? What would you think is something that other industries could really take? Yeah, so uh, as I said, like I, I think the, the the our industry breeds that passion uh, from the consumer and from and from us, right? From the, the employees, yeah. and and I think that that that's that's that huge learning then. Other industries should uh, should take a look on. Of course, it's a privilege that we have from working in entertainment, right? Yeah. Uh, but it's still something to 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 learn from. Yeah. Someone actually once said to me that it, it from the game industry that it's also like a, a blessing and a curse in some way that everyone yeah. in the game industry are so passionate about that this is everyone's dream. So it makes the industry very very competitive. Yes. But I guess that's just the boosting for the good ideas and uh, just the, for the greater product. So I, I believe that's more like a blessing. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. 
exactly. Nico, what about you? what about yourself then in terms of what something maybe you know slightly different than passion? What what could be something else that the gaming industry could teach other industries? I had like definitely agreeing with those those first things that were mentioned, and those were actually like one my top things that I wrote down. But also like in practical things, um, I would say like for example, distance working has been really like fluent since I think yeah. like every everyone at the game industry know how to use tools and like know how to, how to work work with things like and um, like they know how to use computers and um, like they are used to distance work they they have spent a lot of time at the computers usually like the game industry people and they like during COVID time I think it was like for our, our industries, it was much more easier to like uh, switch to distance working. Yeah. That's a really interesting point. Do you think that they were already set up in advance for, you know, to be able to cope with that side of things better? Yeah. yeah. If I may add something else, like then just Bob, I think there's a, it's a more of a learning environment, if I may. Like you were always faced with things that you don't know how to do, especially on the technical side. And you, you are pushing, you have to like learn new tools and how to, you know, uh, navigate certain waters. Uh, and, it's, and, and technically, uh, our tools are always changing. And, yep. and at least uh, where I come from in, in that industry, things are pretty different. And it's an old industry that's already set and we yep. all know how things work. And, and, and in the gaming, it's quite the opposite. You know, it's kind of like a, like, a, like a constant expanding uh, universe of tools and way to do things and so on. Yeah, definitely. I had also a few other things. Uh, for example, the like um, game industry parties. I think those are much more better because, <laughs> of course, I might be biased because I like like our industry and love love gaming and so on. So parties are usually pretty epic and uh, people like know how to party, have fun and play games and like it's. Again, good community. Sure, yeah, for sure. Carolina, is there anything, um, obviously your question, is there anything, there must be loads of things that the gaming industry could teach to, to other industries, but also vice versa. I imagine there's a lot of things in other industries that could carry over to the gaming industry to improve it. But from your experience yeah. working in, in two different industries in games and in TV and yeah. film, is there anything, anything else that's not been mentioned yet that you think is a good learning point to take away and also to add into the industry? Mm, no, I think we pretty much have the like the main ideas that I myself had when I wrote down my down my ideas. But yeah, I may have may, may have like some uh, uh, like ads to for the next question about this one. Mm -hmm. Go on, Nico. Yeah, just uh, remembered one thing as well. Uh, dress codes usually at the game industry oh, yeah. people wear hoodies. It doesn't matter. Are you like uh, just uh, or like developer or like CAO? People wear hoodies and just like like are comfortable and yeah. and like um, don't take it so seriously. Yeah, that's, yeah, a that's really one good point. one thing that I now that I think about it, like a, a general atmosphere is much more relaxed. Of yeah. course, I haven't worked on some sort of like other industries other than games and TV, but I know that I, I bet that the games industry is much more like cool if i say so <laughs> or it's not like laid back yeah at least comparing to pharma industry i can say <laughs> yeah exactly what about then like i mentioned the other way around because it can't always all just be good is there anything santiago that you think you know other industries could teach the gaming industry yeah for sure i think like at least based on my experience and um, um in the ad industry you kind of like 
uh, working, you know, projects throughout like two or three weeks with different clients and, and, and you have completely different stakeholders, you know, every month. And that kind of, as an artist, that really pushes you to your limit in the sense that you you need to come up with different solutions uh, every week or every second week and so on. And that and that kind of like, um, it's, it's a, breeds creativity. It breeds like, um, you know, this this uh, this seek for innovation and and that is very valuable you know that's something that I brought in uh, from from the ad industry that that you know I think I will always carry and and sometimes I even miss it you know the fact that I'm always working with different clients with different brands that have completely different art style uh, that's really cool you know and that really pushes you forward kind of like expands your portfolio of creative solutions it's interesting you say that because uh obviously you hear of like games sometimes taking like two or three years to be made and there's like a long pipeline of it do you think then like obviously in other industries that wouldn't be the case so much with like projects and things or i don't know is it like in your experience it's much quicker time frames and it pushes you to be faster in the work yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, you might you might uh, conceptualize projects in in two three weeks, and then you know deliver, sell it. If things go well, you might be executing the next month, as, and with again one week of execution. So you might have like few room to wiggle there. You might have way less iterations and so on. And it, it's not about like being better or worse, or that you have to work harder or faster. It's just just the way things move differently, and also of course like you're not trying to create a game that will be in the industry for 10 years and you have players playing for, you know, for more than a decade. It's a completely different uh, touch point. It's a completely different goal. Uh, so it's understandable. Uh, but but as an artist, uh, you, you know, in the end of the day, you, you are, uh, the, the, what you have to produce is, is, is similar in terms of art production. Uh, so yeah, you end up doing more for different brands, for different projects, with different, completely different ideas. Yeah. Very good point. Uh, Carolina, just before obviously move on to the next question, just want to come back to you. Obviously, it, yeah. it was your question. Um, after hearing from from Nico and at Santiago, there, what you know, have you got any further thoughts, any further points that you want to mention? Mm, no, I don't think I might add if I remember <laughs> or think something new. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, because you said it could carry on uh, over into the second question. Well, we we can move it on slightly to uh, to come to Santiago then. Um, Santiago, you hit us with your question. Cool. Yeah. So my question is, uh, what soft so, what soft skills did you bring from other industries into the gaming industry, and how do you think they shape who you are today? I I came up with this question because, as I said earlier, like I, I put up a lot of I put up almost a decade in the ad industry, so it really has a strong impact on who I am today and, and what can I bring to 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 the the, the workplace that I am. And and I think it it bounced on what I just said earlier that you know you might have like this way more fast uh, paced environment for the good or for the bad. But but on the topic, uh, the ad industry kind of like you pushes you to to things for me uh, to work on a variety of fields out completely outside your comfort zone. Uh, and you know, like as an AD back then, you might think you might you will only work with art, but you might end up working with fashion, interior design, scenography, and you know that's something that you do not expect. And and that really teach me a couple of things. And and the, the first one was to like look everywhere, like everything, every place can can be a reference for you. Like don't don't really like stick to your uh, to your area. You know, you can you can you can 
use really anything as a reference. And another thing is that you can exchange a lot with people outside of your area, uh, more than you imagine. Like don't assume that only your peers can can collaborate uh, with you. you know? And and that kind of like uh, bumps into the fact that you know if you're if you're if you're exchanging with people from other areas, you just just listen. I think that's the most important thing that I that I that I learned from from from. The- from the ad industry that I bring uh, to myself today, like listen, 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 listen to everybody. You know, like if you can put your ego aside and 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 listen to people more, you naturally get that back. You know, because you will be heard, and which turns out to be like one of the most important soft skills you might have. You know, be able to explain yourself, be able to sell your ideas, you know, or somebody else's, and 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 then you end up building trust, which is fundamental for leadership. Yeah, really good yeah. points. Definitely nice. Yeah, that was actually a very, very good and vital question. I, I really liked it. And I really had to kind of dig deep to think about my education background and uh, what what would I have learned from there. But I, if I would have to say on my perspective, I would have to say that the soft skill that I that I took with me from the industry to the games was definitely diversity awareness. Because mm-hmm. uh, in my experience that, that was like especially valued in everyday life while working in a different projects in film and TV because uh, you got to work in a whole lot of different people because that var- variety was like very, very huge. And I think that uh, that differences were acknowledged and valued there. And I'm not saying that there aren't in the game industry, but I think it was much more like efficient there and i think that's that's something really reaching the final product especially when you're working in the some sort of artistic project that you have a whole lot of new perspectives in the in the project and i believe that as a narrative designer i always try to bring out the diversity awareness through my writing and for example the variety variety of my characters that i uh, create yeah 100 yeah nico what about you then what about um some different soft skills that from your other other experiences yeah uh for me it's hard to say because i'm always been at the game industry always been gaming but uh, of course now uh, at Sun Games, when working with pharma companies, I think like the learnings from there has been, uh, and Santiago said that you need to really listen carefully your clients, and and like um, explain yourself really clear when you're working, you know, working with pharma, and you you make games, you are super agile, going fast, everything, and uh, pharma is like com- completely opposite. They it's like world's second most regulated industry, and they really want to t- go go on carefully and. And um, like quality assuranceing is like another level there, but where we have used that game industry. But um, like the communication between between uh, like pharma, it's super super important because they don't know anything about the games and we don't know anything about the pharma. So we have to communicate a lot. Yeah, yeah it must be a challenge, right? Because you know they are your stakeholders, but you know they they are not familiar with the industry, so it must be yeah. It must be yeah. Hard but to... I I think that's kind of a the skill itself to kind of a change or upgrade your communication levels to the whole new industry which is which is based on much more like different knowledge and such and different like habits how they communicate so i think that's like a challenge itself but i think that's probably one of the most rewarding things there yeah definitely yeah i agree like i think in situations like this by having this middle person that can listen and communicate with both sides of the point, it turns out to be like 
it's fundamental. And we often take it yeah. for granted in the gaming industry because we're all talking the same language, right? Yeah. Yeah. But but it's not it's not always the case when we have you know challenges uh, like knuckles. Yeah, it's always it's it's like also uh, like doing business with pharma. It's it's like a because they they don't might understand like how how games work and what yeah. potential there are so when you are like um, uh, communicating with potential clients it's it's also like really important that they will understand like what's the point how games work like like yeah. uh, how how many people there for example gaming because they they don't know that they don't have to know that yeah. but now they have of course because games are revolutionizing everything yeah i actually have some sort of a uh, same experiences with you nico because one of my first games that i ever was involved was a children's game for like diabetic kids it was like oh. an educational game where children had to learn this character walked by the road and he had to pick up some sort of a treat and you get this like sugar levels of that treat so it was like i remember while participating in that project it was uh kind of a odd thing because it was like very very vital knowledge that they brought to us yeah. but it's of course it's a game it has to be entertaining it has to be fun for the kids but it actually had very good uh, feedback from the parents and the children what was it called i might have <sighs> played that <laughs> yeah uh, or something. <laughs> yeah 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 that, was it that? Yeah. oh yeah because because we were at one pharma company we, we investigated yeah. the game and and, and like yeah. uh, we're doing Small another type of concept for diabetes yeah, yeah cool. exactly yeah carolina i wanted to ask you because i think you you mentioned something earlier saying that the, the gaming industry is very competitive and very difficult to sort yeah. of break into. Um, based on, you know, your experience of working in other industries, you've gained soft skills and other skills working in film and TV, and then you gain skills working in the gaming industry. It would probably make someone a more well-rounded person, like you said, that you, you've noticed that diversity aspect a lot more outside of the gaming industry, and it helps bring yeah. that into the industry. What would you say to someone who's like brand new, uh, like, university type just finished graduated um would the, would you advise them to try different industries or would you advise them to go into you know straight into games like an internship because it's so difficult to get into games so that if you went to other industries it then might be more difficult to get into later down the line mm, i would actually say that if your dream job or your final job or the industry doesn't have to be the first one because i was I, like I mentioned, I was in my third year of studies and I got the realization that, hey, this, in, this is not what I want to do. I want to, I don't want to do, I don't want to do films on TV. I want to do games because that's my passion. But I think the key for that is like Santiago mentioned, it was like, you have to be real. You have to be yourself to be like transparent when, while networking to, with the people. I think that's very, very huge thing in Finnish game industry that we don't necessarily look your educational background or, or decrease if you're a good guy and or, or a good person and you know what to do and you're good at what you do. So that's basically how you get into the industry that you network. I know that's like a hard thing for some introverts like myself that make friends and talk to the people and introduce yourself and try to get internships and try to get your foot uh, like between the door and but yeah i think that be yourself and trust yourself yeah yeah good good yeah if i may add like you know just just let your passion be your driving force yeah so, um, actually 
I, I'm sorry. Uh, actually, I have been getting a lot of feedback, but even though I started in the game industry, I didn't know anything about games. And of course, I was a player for many years, and but for the game production, I didn't have any background, but I was so motivated and people mm-hmm. always commented, that, like, yeah, you, you yeah. read a lot to get here. Like it, it shows. And it's a good yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah, I mean, I changed the gaming industry in my 30s, you know, and, and honestly, I never, ex- never imagined that I'd be working in the gaming industry back in Brazil. And, and, yeah. and here I am, and I'm pretty happy. And, you know, just, just let your passion drive you. And, you know, it's never too late. As you said, you know, you said really well, record, you know, like it doesn't have to be your dream job, doesn't have to be like, you know, your, your first. You, you, yeah. You're going to make your way. Yep. Agreeing with that. And, um, like highlighting highlighting that uh, um, if you want to work at the game industry, you have to have the passion. Like um, if you don't like have the passion, it's it's gonna be hard because it requires so much work to get in. Yeah. At it least like early early uh, career. Yeah. Sorry, Nico, I didn't mean to, to interrupt yep. you. There. I was just gonna pick up on uh, what Santiago said. I was just gonna ask, would you like actively encourage people to to seek out other industries, to seek out other of these soft skills that like things you wouldn't pick up on in the gaming industry to carry it over? Uh, I think it's it's uh, it's a lot to, to, to process when we talk about it because we have to consider the privileges that you have, where you live in. Uh, and I wouldn't, uh, of course I would encourage people to do what they want to do. Uh, but if they turn out to not be working on the industry that they want, I don't think that uh, diminishes their value, quite the opposite. I think the more you, the yeah. more knowledge you accumulate, especially from other industries, from other backgrounds that you have, uh, you might have no idea, but that kind of, that adds a lot to you as a, as a, you know, as an employee, you know, it's just that, that life experience really, and that makes you even more valuable uh, throughout, throughout the throughout the years. You know? Agreed. I would also like to add that, um, of course, these days game industry has a lot, a lot of like different kind of like uh, professional uh, options. Like, uh, for example, if you make Assassin's Creed, they record a lot of like history people to make that. So in that case, I would say if you really want to make something like you're like really into something, some team or something, you have to, for example, the history, uh, and you want to make game out of that, of course, you need to study history or like work with with um, to be able to know know about that topic. And uh, for example, for us, it has required that uh, we have like uh, doctors and psychiatrists, uh, that, um, like psychologists uh, and psychiatric people working with us when we make make games. For example, the ADHD game, and ADHD Union was there making the game as well. And yeah 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 and we're gaming as well like we often uh, rely on our historians and we have a few in the company and that you know uh so we could like you know double check uh, a lot of information and and a lot of that is put in the games yeah, yeah. actually one thing that i want to add to someone who would like to work as a game you know game industry but doesn't know where to start always my friends say that yeah i would like to work in there I don't know how to program. Like I'm not a coder. I'm like neither neither am I. Here I am still. I have my own skill set, and I'm here to do my own thing. And maybe if I have to do some coding, I will luckily have people to help me. Like I mentioned earlier, to always have someone to like, hey, can you help me with this one? And I always get the help what I need. Yeah. Yeah, like, if, yeah, sorry, Nico, uh, go ahead. Uh, just for commenting, good point. Let's go on. Uh, yeah, I think like if you're if you were in a in a in a region where you have like a, a big gaming industry, Europe, uh, North America, 
uh, Asia. And, you know, there's there's so many room, there's so much room, there's like so many areas that you could go and, you know, from um, an artist to developer to, you know, a writer. And, and you, you, you know, you will find <laughs> a way to put your skills to use if that's what you want. Yeah. All right. Really, really good question. So uh, thank you very much, Santiago. Appreciate it. Um, we'll move on to our last question. I'm flying through uh, Nico then. Please, could you give us the last question? Yes. So how does project and product management in game industry differ from other industries? And um, <clears throat> yeah, for me, it's like basically when we work with pharma, it's so different to work with them because they have used to work with uh, like um, waterfall models. So we have to have exact budget and exact plans, like everything um, like ready planned and really like uh, before we can even start thinking about like what we would do. And that's that's kind of makes uh, it challenging for, for game industry and um, or like to work with pharma. And um, it requires a lot of like planning and communicating and preparing and um, even after that uh, working like and making production uh, like that's not agile at all when we're working with pharma and i think that's that's the like a bigger different from gaming gaming industry and uh, when gaming industry has like okay pharma industry has like uh, technology and business but then games have also like the artistic side so how much do you value that uh, for example in in these kind of games so so also a big question and yeah, um really good. yeah and i want to add also like about the quality assurance as well as i mentioned beforehand that it's also like when you publish something something with pharma it needs to be like way more uh, buckless than any like other games ever <laughs> so then then you can't have bugs there yeah mm. yeah i mean I'm, I'm not a pm but i but uh, but i i uh what you said nico about like the communication is, is something that, that i that i witnessed here and there uh back then and here and you know like you were often communicating uh with completely different stakeholders that are not from yep. your industry and i said that i said that early and i think that yep. is just Proves to be an extra challenge because you have to talk different languages, quote unquote, and you know, and that that is a skill in itself. Yeah, for me, again, I'd say that I would like to emphasize emphasize again uh, the differences between art and the tech industry because they vary so much to each other, yeah. and I think that even though there are few technical roles and tasks in movie and TV projects, but the main goal is so often to produce like the best artistic product we can. But uh, I think the first difference is that I came to think about it was the planning of the project. Uh, for example, in film, if I say about like short films or the regular film production, you really need to have your plans finalized with different departments, for example, cinematographers, audio, screenwriters, because once you start filming, there's no turning back and changing the yeah. plans because when shooting, there's no, there's call sheet made by producer and every shot and scene is marked and scheduled. So if you have an idea during the shoot, it's like out, you're not here. Yeah. And I think that's the same plan it's also in the post-production because once you get the footage it goes to the like editors and audio editors and it, they have to work with the footage they got from the shooting and i believe that in game production it's much more flexible in some cases 
if you realize in production phase that by testing something that, hey, maybe this idea didn't work anymore, let's change it because it will be very vital in the end of the production that you don't have the working or fun last product you got there. So I think that's like a film industry is much more older rather than the game industry. So I think that's like pretty old way of doing things in that you cannot change anymore, but that's a budget and money, time is money. So I understand that. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Like, do Carolina, do you think that that turns the, in the movie industry, do you think that turns the conceptualization um, uh, steps way more like, I wouldn't say time consuming, but you know, you have to take with way more care and you know, you have to like yes. uh, way more. Yeah. Yeah, that's very important that, of course, there's big money with games too, but I think there are lots more risks that you have to take considering when in production phase with the, every production phase in the film, film project. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. And in the, as you said, like, there's more room to, to, to wiggle, to change things uh, on the go. It's not ideal, but there is, there is you know, more room to, for sure. Yeah. Also, what, what we have faced at, at Zion Games is that, um, for example, when we made the game with WHO, we had to have like everything like scientific validate to be able to release the game. And we had to have special permission from Google and Apple and like to be able to release COVID-19 game because those are not allowed at the moment. So it was like, um, you, normally you don't have to have those at the game industry, of course. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. You know, yeah. that, that reminded me of like regulations and, and, and at least in the ad industry, like if you're working with tobacco, you have to yeah. you know, certain, certain, you know, um, fill a few checklists and if you're working with pharma as well, and, and they have their own regulations. And when you're advertising it, you have to, you know, things just stack up and the game industry is uh, way more uh, free in that sense. You know, of course we have our own regulations, but yeah. in the end of the day, it's, it's like pretty pretty uh you know pretty liberating even um and that's kind of like you know gives room for for innovativeness and yeah uh, that's pretty good yeah, yeah on, exactly. the, on that santiago because you yeah. were saying before around you know like sometimes the advertisement injury could move a lot quicker than games yeah. but when you said there, like obviously sometimes there's more layers of checks especially like if like you're saying if you're advertising tobacco and stuff and then games mm-hmm. is a lot more freer how does that like, how, how does that compare how, how is that different then you know how can it move quicker but there'd be more levels to check things if that makes sense um yeah that's the challenge you know like the thing is that you for instance in the tobacco industry or or even in the you know like uh, alcoholic beverages and so yeah. on uh you uh you, you know from the start of things that you can do and you cannot do so if there's something during conceptualization that you know that is not allowed, then it stops. It stops there. It does not move on. You know, there's no, there's no, uh, you know, there's no workaround. It stops mm. there. So and 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 with time, uh, of course, you just start get to get used to to the regulations and the legislations, local legislations, the things that you can do and you cannot do. And if you're advertising like worldwide, then it's even it's even it's even worse, right? Uh, so yeah, so like it's 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 still faster. And that's an extra challenge that you have to face on how to, you know, how to deal uh, with those regulations. But uh, the thing is that, like, uh, um, those are not surprises, you know. So mm. when a briefing arrives, when we have an idea, when we have a project, we already, yeah. already have those regulations in mind. And, and, you know, and then your strategic planners, your creative planners will already think about solutions uh, with that in mind, you know, that is actually the essence of the job of how, how to navigate, uh, how to create something appealing uh, in spite 
of those of those regulations. Yeah. Nico, I take it that sort of resonates with you then a lot because obviously you're making games within you know pharmaceutical industry yeah. and medical industry where things change so much that it's it things do be so like surprising and then things change and it's like a lot of checks as well so that obviously accounts to how fast you can deliver a project yeah and um like um want to mention that it's like when you 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 can make the game in for let's say for like in half a year but then it requires like nine months going through the pharma system like all the like checking things and like changing even like single words there was a funny thing that we we had uh, this one uh, dog name was uh, i i think what i can i can say but yeah there was a dog name and we had to change that because it was like shortened version of the of the like um in psychology psychology term of something bad so we had to name uh, change the dog name before we can, could release the game so that was mm-hmm. a funny thing to do and we also had to make uh, like every every like scene at the game we had had to have a screenshot from that and we we made like um, thousands of pages of powerpoints like including every scenario what can happen in game and that was like really pain in the ass but we had to had to like like the improvement um, code for for the game and like every screen so it's a big big job but but adds a lot of time to production but totally worth it i'm just going to throw one last question in before i finish that sort of relates to carolina's first question on this then nico so how, how do the products and the, the product management of a game differ from other industries from i suppose carolina and santiago more so from being in other industries is there anything in the way that a project's been run in the past with your experiences that you would carry over into the gaming industry you know like where we were saying before all the significant learnings that you'd carry over is there anything that you think projects could be run in a better way in the gaming industry or vice versa is there anything you take from the gaming industry and the way projects are run to be better run in other industries good question um, actually, I, I don't know to say that to done differently, but actually from like TV and films, I remember we had this one project that involved Disney. So, and actually one project have involvement with Moomin. So those were the huge two IPs and brands where now that I think about immediately should have been like, no, they're so protected, do not go there. And we did not use them. But actually, that was learning that I got from like respecting the IPs and the brands. So that was very big learning for me in the our like game project in QuickSave. We had the game with Lionsgate, the movie production company, and we had the Rumble ID, and we did the game with Rumble ID, and that was like you had to honor that IP, and I that that was like a familiar thing to me to do because I know I had to be very like cautious about what to use and how to use the brand name and now we actually released a game with Axie Infinity which is a huge NFT or Web3 game now in the world one of uh, actually the biggest now so that's one thing that I have been learning that there's always some new things coming along with huge IPs and you have to always learn how to communicate with the big brands. Yeah, I think I can add on that because uh, in um, in the Edison industry, there's like such a good understanding of the power of brands, yeah. you know, really. Uh, and, and 
and you know everybody understands what is the vision of that certain brand and how to respect it and how to carry out the vision through uh, whatever tasks they're doing. And, and I think the gaming industry could could get a bit of that as well. I've seen many things that are turned down, and I turned down for things simply because they they you know they're not aligned to to, to the brand that that, that you are working uh, with. And and that's something that ad industry does does really well, which is natural, right? Because they're often yep. green brands, so <laughs> <laughs> it's the trouble. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's a really, really good point. Any, uh, any last thoughts, points, or questions before we wrap up? Uh, I think I'm, I think I'm good. I think we covered a lot. Yeah, yeah. covered loads, loads of good points there. Um, no, perfect. Yeah, really good discussion. So, uh, well, I suppose I'll take this time to to thank Carolina, and Nico, and Santiago for all, all taking part and and submitting the questions and being part of it. It's a really good topic. So, thank you very much, guys. And if anybody else would like to join the next episode of the Evolution Exchange podcast, please feel free to get in touch. Until then, we'll see you next time.